Welcome to Momentum Church. Jesus, as we come out of 2021, Lord, we just collectively repent if we have not trusted you with everything. We, we, we repent if we have put our trust at times in lesser things. Put our trust in other things to bring our joy, other things to bring our peace, other things to bring the foundation that we need to build upon. Lord, today as we go into 2022, this room, these saints, Lord God, we recommit our hearts to you in the area of trust. We won't look to anything else but you to put our hope in, to find our strength in, to find our peace in, to find our resolve in. For you are faithful, God. And we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Give God a big praise in here. Amen. Just with everything you have, celebrate him as we go into this new year. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and have your seats, guys. Man, it is good. I've been looking forward to coming and preaching this teaching for over a year. It was in the fall of 20, um, what would that have been, 2020, that I came across this passage of Scripture and have looked forward to preaching this. I wrote it down that fall. I'm preaching this January 2022. And so could not wait to get here to preach this word to you. Um, but I want to start off just by saying, I don't know about y'all, I am tired of New Year's resolutions. Am I alone in that? You know, just, whoo, let's just boycott them, right? I'm just, I mean, I'm not saying boycott change. I'm just saying, like, like this is the year. It's going to be different. I'm going to make this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to, you know, and, and, and I get it. I'm, I'm, I do it, too, every year. It's going to be different this year, you know. And even as a pastor, sometimes we will come to the pulpit this first Sunday of the new year and we'll just kind of rally you up. You know, it's like God's going to do this in your life. He's going to do that. And guess what? I believe he is, you know. But I think there's something more than just having pastor preach you happy and we're going to start our year. Amen. I think there's something more than just having a, a decision within ourselves that, hey, you know what? We're going to make lives better, and I'm going to have a new resolution, you know, and this is what's going to There's something more to it, and that's what I want to talk about today. I want to look at this idea of what it takes to build, okay? And I have a title for it, but I don't want to give you that title just yet. I'll get to it, amen? And so in the first service, I told everybody, because of the holidays and the week, the attendance is a little bit low in the house. So y'all are going to have to like shout like at least three times louder than normal, okay? All right, so say amen. Amen. Okay, that'll work. That will work. I will only preach an hour, so good. No. So I want to go back into history, and I want to look at the people of Israel. And the people of Israel there, especially in Jerusalem, it is 586 B.C., and the Babylonian government, the Persian government, they had come in. They actually came in about 588 B.C., and they began to conquer Israel, that area of Judea. They begin to conquer the people of God. And what they would do differently than a lot of conquering countries. Rather than come in and set up leadership that would stay in the cities and stay at local government, they would actually deport 
by the tens and tens and tens of thousands people back to Babylon. That was kind of their approach. And then they would bring them to Babylon to indoctrinate them and to teach them and all those kinds of things. And so that's kind of what's going on here as we come into this passage of Scripture in the book of Ezra. So if you don't have your Bibles, open to the book of Ezra. We'll put it on the screen here in a little bit. But basically, these captives have been taken, and with it, their hopes and their dreams, their literal lives have completely changed because the city of Jerusalem, along with its temple, have been destroyed. Now, that temple in Jerusalem, man, that was the seabed of society, religion, civic duty. Everything culminated around the temple. It was literally the place where they felt that God resided in that time. And so this destruction cut at their core. I mean, think about that. This is the place where we celebrate and worship God. God couldn't even protect that place. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm being hypothetical. But imagine if you were there. We're the apple of God's eye. We're God's chosen people. And they're by the tens of thousands. They're deporting us to, to Mesopotamia. I almost said Mesopotamia. All the way over there. But we're God's people. Doesn't God want something for us? And this is what's going on during this, this time. Now, in 539 B.C., a new king comes into play in Babylon. Shout new king. This man's name was King Cyrus the Great. And what's so neat about King Cyrus, King Cyrus, he had a decision, a decree, where he would allow those that have been deported to still worship their God. He was different than, than other kings of Persia, and he would allow them to still worship their God. This is where you get the idea of synagogue. Where, where Jewish people would gather together on Sabbath in a synagogue together, which is at least 50 people together or more. Literally, that's what the synagogue part means. <clears throat> and they would gather for prayer and for teaching and such. And so this began in Babylon. So they were actually giving them an opportunity to still connect, but it wasn't what they were completely used to, and it wasn't what they had cherished. I mean, literally, the temple that Solomon had built, this, this structure that really, in a sense, was an honor to the people in some ways and an honor to their God, had been destroyed. But now they're still gathering. And so King Cyrus did some, some decent things as he gave them a chance to take back their faith. But then he gave them a chance to go back to the city and rebuild, all right? And I don't want you to miss that. A new king that is giving these people a chance to go build. I'm going to say it again. A new king that's giving people a chance to go build. That's what's happening. And in 538 B.C., Zerubbabel, who was a Jewish man, he led the first group of Jews, numbering a little over 40,000 people, back to Jerusalem to rebuild the city and to rebuild the temple. And that's where we find ourselves today. I want you to turn to Ezra 3, and I want you to stand to your feet as we look at God's Word. The first thing you can see that happens in these people's lives is they get up, you know. They get, say, get up. They're going to build, but they first had to get up. They got up, and they made their way from Babylon to Jerusalem. Not only that, you'll see here in a second, they kind of lingered. Sometimes in life, when you know it's time to build, you don't. You linger. It's time to make a change. It's time to do something different. It's time, it's time, it's time. You know, well, maybe 2023's resolutions. 
right? Watch this. So in Ezra 3, verse 8 through 9, now in the second year after they're coming to the house of God at Jerusalem, do you see that? It's the second year. Why didn't they do it in the first year? They're lingering, all right? But in the second year, after they came to that area, in the second month, Zerubbabel, the son of Shithiel, and Jeshua, the son of Josadic, made a new beginning, or they made a beginning together with the rest of their kinsmen, the priests and the Levites, and all who had come to Jerusalem from the captivity. They appointed the Levites from 20 years old and upward to supervise the work of the house of the Lord. And Yeshua with his sons and his brothers and Cadmiel and his sons and the sons of Judah together supervised the workmen in the house of God, along with the sons of Hinnadad and the Levites, <coughs> their sons and their brothers. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would stir us today beyond just emotion, that, Lord, today you would stir us to lay the foundational work for what you desire to build in and through us in 2022. In your mighty name, Jesus, we pray. Everybody shout amen. 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 You can have your seats. So we can see these people. They leave Babylon under the decree of King Cyrus. He gives them that opportunity. And they get up and they come to the city. They kind of just go back to things as normal. And after a year to two years, somewhere in that range, they decide it's time to rebuild this temple or to begin laying the foundation of the temple. What I love about this, it says that they made a beginning. Do you see that? Beginnings don't happen by accident. Beginnings, new beginnings happen by choice. They made a new beginning. They got to that place where they said, it's time to get up. Yes, the city's in rubble. Yes, this isn't God's best. God has a plan. He has a purpose. And we're going to make a new beginning. We're going to put our hands to this. Let me ask you, have you had a year, maybe this past year, where your hopes and your dreams were dashed. Things that you were believing for and expecting have fallen apart. Things you were hoping for and wishing would be better aren't. And here you are on the precipice of a new year thinking, okay, is it going to be different or not? I want to tell you it will be if you'll get up. All right, shout get up. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every one of us in this room, there's things that we wish we would have accomplished in 21 that we're left undone. We have not accomplished them. And I'm going to tell you right now, you can accomplish those things if you'll, everybody say, get up. If you'll get up, not, not look at anybody else, but your own self. What do I need to do to make a new beginning? What do I need to do to get up and to start? And I love that. The new king, Cyrus the Great, he gives him a chance to go back to Jerusalem and to rebuild. Can I tell you right now, just like the Israelites were captive by a force, a foreign force that took them and destroyed the same way, there's a foreign force that has tried in our lives to captivate us and to destroy God's best in our life. That foreign force is sin. Amen? I'm not saying just sin that you commit. I'm just saying sin in this world. We live in a world that is marked by sin, but I've told you time and time again that even though we live in a world marked by sin, the kingdom that we're in is a kingdom within a kingdom. We're in a kingdom where we can say those things that are not as though they are, and we can watch them manifest. We're in a kingdom where we can speak the things of heaven into the earth. That's power and that's authority. That's what you have. And the new king that you have in your life, that's Jesus. 
So theologians will tell you that King Cyrus the Great is a Old Testament type and shadow of our new king, Jesus. And the reason why is becomes, and in a sense, he brings redemption to these people. He brings hope and help to these people. Not only that, Cyrus gave them every resource they needed to go back to the temple and start to rebuild. God gives us every single resource through Jesus. We don't have to make excuses. We don't have to make delay, postponements. We can say today, I will make a new beginning because I got a new king. And he's got all resources. You know what's so cool about King Cyrus? He sent all the cedars that were necessary, the materials that were necessary, and he sent letters along the way to all the different potentates along the Mesopotamian trail from Babylon to Israel, basically letting them know, keep your hands off. Isn't that great? That's how Jesus is. But guess what? They still had to get up, get walking, and even when they got to Jerusalem, they stopped for a little bit. It was a little over a year before they finally said, well, we better start doing this. temple ain't going to build itself, right? And so the thing about sin being in our world is sin brings death, it brings decay, and it brings entropy. Whether you are committing purposeful, willful sin or not, our world is affected by death, decay, and entropy. Entropy is the gradual decline of things into disorder. I love those PBS broadcasts where they'll show like a, a city that has been like empty for 200 years. The earth takes the city back, right? If you're not building, you're decaying. If you're not going forward, you're going backwards. If you're not making a new beginning, you're making a new ending. That's just our world. But we've been redeemed from the effects of the world by the power of a new king and resourced by him to build the temple again, if you will, or whatever he wants you to build, to build it afresh and anew, that his presence can inhabit it, that God can show up and be glorified and honored, and you can be blessed. I don't know if you're getting, getting excited about this or not. I am, okay? So... <coughs> I want to say it one more time. In the second year after they came to the house of God at Jerusalem, in the second month, they made a beginning. I'm saying making a new beginning, but they made a beginning. That's the first thing is you've got to get up, get past the sorrow, get past the grief, get past the what ifs, get past the if they would have. You know, if they would have this, if they would have that, I would have this. No, no, you got to get up and get past those things. The second thing is you got to get to work. So number two, you got to show up. Everybody say, get up and say, show up. Ezra 3, verse 10. And when the builders laid the foundations of the temple of the Lord, the priests and their vestments came forward with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with symbols to praise the Lord according to the directions of God of David, king of Israel. And they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord. For he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever towards Israel. And all the people shouted with great joy. They shouted when they praised the Lord because the foundation, say foundation, of the house of the Lord was laid. I, I love that. Today during worship, I didn't tell Pastor Corey what to pick. That last song talking about building the foundations. Ah, when that came up, I was like, Lord, you're in this. I love how God works. But that foundation is being set. 
They did something about their situation is what this is saying. They showed up and they started to work. They didn't just think about it, pray about it, hope for it. No, they showed up and they got busy working on it. I'm going to tell you right now, 2021, the first six months of it, I felt the pain of things being destroyed. Heritage that I've had my whole life, things that I thought would never happen in my family, things, it wasn't personal sin, it wasn't a marriage issue, it wasn't relationship stuff with church people. The enemy knows how to get to your heart, amen? And literally, there was times last year where I didn't want to get up. There was times I didn't want to preach. I would lean over to Amy and say, I don't want to go up there. I don't, I don't want to go. I feel as if when I open my mouth, that I'm lying when I refer to the promises of God. Because I know they're yea and amen, but right now they're like, eh, ish and maybe, I don't know. That's how I was feeling. I'm just being really honest with you guys. For six months last year, I just, ooh, I didn't know if I was going to make it. But every week I felt like the Lord said, you just got to get up. You just got to get up, Ross. Okay, I'm up. It's 4.30 on Sunday morning. This is what I do. I'm up. Now what? You just got to show up. I don't want to show up. You just got to, and you show up. And then by the end of the day, that song of praise, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. I would sense his upholding presence in the middle of everything, feeling like it was being destroyed. And I'm going to challenge you, whatever it is you're trying to build for the Lord, get up and then show up. Start doing something. I had to just keep showing up until what I was seeing in the physical started to match what was happening in the spiritual. So these people that we're reading about, they did something about it. Like I said, they didn't just show up or didn't just pray about it. They didn't just hope for it. No, prayer and hope, all that's good. I'm going to talk more about that before we finish. But you've got to do something. You've got to get busy working on laying the foundation. In other words, I'll say it this way. It doesn't matter what you're capable of. It only matters what you actually do. God, I want this year to be different. I want to make decisions and, and, and do actions in my life to see something built that's different this year in 2022 than 2021. All right, well, it doesn't matter what you're capable of. There's a lot of people capable of a lot of stuff in the world that aren't walking in any of it because they won't show up every day and do what they need to do. Can I clarify that a little bit more? Your family doesn't care that you want to spend time with them. They care when you do spend time with them. Can I bring it home? Is that all right? Let's talk about money. It doesn't matter that you want to be generous it matters when you begin to prioritize generosity in your finances. Well, pastor, I just want to make a new resolution that things are going to change. All right, we'll do something about it then. Get up and then start showing up. One of the ways you can show up, I'm just using finances as an example, is through finances, through generosity. Man, it's a powerful thing to want to see your finances change. So often in resolutions, annually, there's some component dealing with finances to people's resolutions. All right, I want to challenge you. Put God in the equation. Become a tither. 
But Pastor Ross, I'm having a hard time on on 100%. How am I supposed to have actions take place and build something on the 90%? How in the world? Well, I'll tell you how. Because when you look at the whole 100% as God's, and you're a steward of it all, and you say, God, here's 10%. I give this to you. Now there's 90% left. The 90% that's left gets sanctified by the presence and power of God. And you may say, Pastor, I don't know. I, this, I've been living this thing since I was 10 years old. I, f- I started tithing when I was 10. It was so funny. This, was, this isn't a tithing sermon. I didn't say this in the first service. When I was in Pennsylvania working at this church, <coughs> I was an intern. So I didn't get paid. But once in a while, I would get five bucks or $10. I get a little bit, you know. And man, I get $5. I'd pull 50 cents out of that $5. And I'd put it in my tithe envelope. I would write tithe on it. T-I-T-H-E. Tithe. Or tithy. Someone said, what's tithy? That's what people get in when you ask them to tithe. <laughs> no. Tithe. And then I put dot 50 cents. I, I mean, I, I wanted, it's, it was the act, you know. And then it was, sometimes it was a dollar, you know. Again, I'm not preaching about money here. I'm just saying that it's the foundation. When it comes to wanting to see change, if it's with your family and you're saying, I need to spend more time, guess what? Do that. If it's your finances and you want to see increased tithe, you, do, you just act. You get up and you show up. You, just do you want a better marriage relationship? Stop making excuses for being so mean and ugly to your wife. Does that make sense? Well, I'm going to try. No, stop. Nobody cares what you're capable of. They care that you do. So when you wake up tomorrow morning and you want to say some ugly thing and you're like, well, I'm just keeping it real, keep it real quiet. <laughs> I, I had a guy years ago tell me that. He goes, I'm keeping it real. I said, you know what you're going to do? You're going to keep it real divorce. That's what's going to happen. You know? No, that's your wife. So, so all I'm getting at is God wants to build, but he gives us the ability to get up, to make a change, and to show up, to act differently. But often what happens is we fail to get a hold of all that God has for us. God has so much for us, but we don't grab a hold of it. We we live far below God's plan and his best for our lives, and at times we blame God for it. God, I don't know why you won't. God, I no, King Cyrus gave them everything they needed to go build the temple. They just had to get up and show up. King Jesus gives us everything that we need to build what he desires to build in our lives, but we've got to take the responsibility to get up and to show up every day in action. And it's worth it because there are promises of God, and yes, they're yea and amen. Jeremiah 29, 11, you all know this scripture. For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. That's God's promise. But that promise doesn't come when you rub a magic lamp. No, he gives you the resources to lay the foundational blocks that he can build something glorious on, a marriage on, a family on, your finances on, your career on, your health on. He gives you the resources for that. Some may feel as if they have no future at all. And all the hope is lost. But can I tell you right now, just like the king, Cyrus, provided all those resources, Jesus comes and he redeems us from the entropic nature of this world. 
Now, I'm not going to tell you your car is not going to rust if you're a believer, okay? But I'm saying the idea of decay, death, and entropy that tries to dismantle our world, man, you, you because Jesus is in your life, you don't have to be satisfied with that. Amen? You don't have to be satisfied if your children aren't serving the Lord like they're supposed to be serving the Lord right now. You don't have to say, well, that's just how it is. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not just how it is. Because Jesus is in my life, and I'm redeemed by him, and the redemption of my life sanctifies the whole. The redemption of my life will touch my children. And for you as well. They don't treat me right at work, Pastor Corey might say. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just teasing Corey. For you, they don't treat me right at work, you know? All right, you know what? You're right. But man, you start doing what you can do every day. Your decisions, your choices, submit it to the Lord and watch God build something around you. And it may, he may build you past that place of employment. He may build you beyond that place. That, that place may not have what you need. But you're faithful every day while you're there. You're showing up every day while you're there. It is time for you to begin tapping into the resources of God's plan for every area of your life and begin building the future that God sees for it. But you're the one that's going to do the building. You're going to show up. You're going to get up. You're going to show up. But in order to begin tapping into God's resources, listen, we have to embrace our own responsibilities and laying foundational blocks in our lives to build upon. We have to. Like I said, too often we're expecting God just to magically do it. I need to walk in healing. Boom, there it is. I need to walk in financial provision. Boom, there it is. I need a better marriage. Boom, there it is. Rarely does that happen. Rarely. I actually, our children's pastor in Ohio, he used to tell me, I don't want to live expecting miracles. And I didn't understand that. I thought, well, you're crazy. I mean, I like the miraculous, amen? But here's what he said. He said, the miraculous usually comes because of great need. And he goes, I want to walk in discipline and wisdom to keep myself from having to get into a place of great need. Okay, I get that. So for him, he felt miracles, it's better when they're the exception, not the rule. Because he felt like a lot of the things we experience that we need miracles in is things that we have not been disciplined about. Now, that was his thought. You can be mad at Pastor Dan Borsier, Belleville, Ohio. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when it comes to this idea of, of walking in our deliverance, walking in our health, walking in our financial blessing, we've got to take responsibility. The person who bears the brunt of responsibility of walking in all that God has for you, guess what? They are seated in your seat right now. And you don't even have to ask them to get up. I mean, that like, like it's you, baby. Yeah, it's me. It's us. And so <laughs> God wants to build, but he wants to build with you. And it's a cruel God. It would have been a cruel act by King Cyrus to send them back to build a temple knowing there's no means of resources whatsoever. That, that would have built contempt. That would have built distrust. But that king sent them with the resources necessary. And it's the same way it would be a cruel God to tell you that he has plans for you in the future and a hope and then not provide you the resources. He has provided you the resources, but one, you've got to get up. Two, you've got to show up. And then three, you've got to level up. 
you got to grab that resource, set it down, and begin to use it. Grab another resource and level up again. Grab another resource. You're building on the foundations that he is giving you to build on. When I say get up, I mean stop complaining about what isn't. When I say show up, I mean start working on what could be. And then at that point, you begin to, to level up. In Ezra 3, verse 12 through 13, But many of the priests and Levites and heads of fathers' houses, old men who had seen the first house, they wept with a loud voice when they saw the foundation of this new house being laid. Though many shouted aloud for joy, so the people could not distinguish the sound of the joyful shout from the sound of the people's weeping. For the people shouted with a great shout, and the sound was heard far away. It took till 516 B.C., after they began to lay the foundational stones of the temple, it took that long to have the temple finished. That was nearly 70 years. That's a lot of, of leveling up. That's a lot of showing up. That's a lot of getting up. Different discouragements that would come. Uh, raiders from the north that would come and try to attack them while they were building on the wall. They faced adversity, but after 70 years, they had a temple to show for it. It all started with that first stone after they made a decision to make a new beginning. I want to challenge you to be responsible with that first stone. Whatever it is that you need to do tomorrow, that first stone, make a new beginning. Take that responsibility, lay the foundational block for that thing, and begin to level up. You know, I I thought this week I would try something. I got a pair of head, head hair trimmers for Christmas, or beard trimmers, but they had hair attachments. And so I got up, I made a decision, I'm going to show up, I'm going to try this out. I got up, I showed up, I need somebody to help me learn how to level up. <laughs> it's, it's not good, it's not good at all. I told him he was going to say that. It has nothing to do with the sermon, but... Help me, Jesus. <laughs> no, no. But, but you know what? It is like that. You get up. I want to make a difference. I want to do something different. You show up. You try. You realize your limitations. This arm doesn't work. I can't get it back there. Mirrors weren't right. But then you level up. You make changes, you know. Today I'll have Amy finish it. I'm going to level up. going to look good. Help me, Jesus. I'm going to try to learn how to do it, baby. I really am. But no. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so for us, whatever area it is in your life, even if it's difficult, keep leveling up. And what I want to do as we close today, this is something a little different than I normally do. I want to walk through adversity because you're going to face adversity when you're trying to level up. And then I want to show you the foundational stone to lay to begin to get past that adversity, the foundational stone to lay from Scripture, okay? And I'm not going to put these on the screen. What we can do is if you ever go to www dot mymomentumchurch.tv, okay, mymomentumchurch.tv. If you ever go to that website, you'll see church calendar, events, sign-up sheets, tons of things are on there. Prayer requests, if you have prayer need, place to give, all that stuff's on there. But there's also a place that says today's notes. If you didn't know that, every week we have our notes from the week on there, all the scriptures, points. Then what's neat about it is there's places you can write your own notes in there, all right? And so if you want, you can pull that up now and you'll be able to see these scriptures. If not, go to these scriptures this week and read them for yourself, all right? Another thing I do want to make mention of is next Sunday and in the weeks ahead, I'd love for you to bring your Bible and a notebook, 
Okay? I'll tell you why next week. So if you don't have a Bible, please reach out to us so we can help you out to get a Bible. But next Sunday and the weeks ahead, bring a Bible and your notebook, and, um, and I'll explain why next week. But today, these scriptures, I'm going to go through them fast, they are in, in that website. So here's what it is. I want you to see how you see the lack, you see the destruction, or whatever it might be, and you want to build. Here's the building block. So it'll be the need, and then it'll be the block, the need, and then the foundational stone to get past the need. So the first one I want to look at is lack of faith. Man, things have come and you just have doubt and fear and disbelief. And God, I know you'll do it for others, but I don't know if you'll do it for me. And you come with a sense of lack of faith. Well, Romans 10, 17 gives us literally what it takes to get past that, to level up. And it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it's the word of God that helps build your faith. The word of the Lord. And that word of the Lord is logos as you read scripture, but man, it doesn't stay logos. As you read, it becomes rhema. It becomes living word that you can just begin to build your life upon. Years ago, I had a young man come to me at our church in Ohio, and he said, Pastor, I'm starting to struggle with atheism. I don't know if I believe God is real. And we started talking about it. What does this look like? Why? And so on and so on. And I just got like touched in my spirit. I said, let me ask you, how long has it been since you've read scripture? It had been a long time, you know. I said, can we do something? I don't want to talk you into God's existence. He can do that for himself. Amen? God's not threatened, right? So I said, what I'd like to do is I would like for you to read 10 to 20 minutes a day for the next 30 days. And then a month from now, let's get back together. And so long story short, that's what he did. When we got back together, man, he had a renewed sense of faith in the person of God, that he's alive and well, and and his relationship with Jesus was vibrant. And long story short, he ended up after a time, a few years later, he became a youth pastor. But it started with him just getting away from God's word. And here's the thing, it's not just reading, all right? The scriptures are powerful. They're spirit-filled, if you will. You start to read, and that rhema jumps on you. That living word, God begins to speak it in your life, and it builds your faith. Number two, let's say that you're going through issues of needing transformation in your life, whether that is issues of, of addiction, issues of, of self-doubt, and, and, and just, um, what do you call it, self-esteem issues. <clears throat> and so you need transformation in your life. Well, the scripture shows us the building block for that is the renewal of the mind. It's a renewal of the mind. So Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect, the will of God. Do you see that? And so that idea of, of, of being transformed by the renewing of your mind, the renewing of your mind takes place from the word of God. It takes place, I believe, in men's groups, like in small groups. I believe in women's groups, it takes place. I believe going to a good counselor that's a believer is a great way to help renew your mind, to understand what's going on. The transformation comes from the renewing of the mind. The next one that we can see, and this is powerful, this is, gives you the ability to get past spiritual powers and strongholds. Spiritual powers. You run up against something, you're like, I just can't, mm, I can't see why it won't change. Well, fasting in Matthew 16, 21. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. 
Fasting is a responsibility we can take when we're dealing with spiritual strongholds. And you're praying and believing for a change, but it just won't happen. Well, then rather than saying, I know God can, but I don't know why he won't, you know, go to a season of fasting and prayer and seek his face. And, man, watch God do a mighty thing. Another thing that fasting does, fasting brings divine direction. Often people will take a season of time to fast to get their minds off earthly matters so their minds can be set on more heavenly matters. Almost every major decision of my life has happened on the backside of fasting. I was going to ask Amy to marry me, and I wasn't sure if she was the one. And so I took a week to fast about it. I felt the Lord say she was. I put a ring in layway literally that week. She was still dating other people when I put the ring in layway. I didn't care because the Lord has shown me as I fasted, she's the one. And when I asked, God grabbed her head and she was like, yes, no. No, she's the one. And, and the ring was in layaway a year. I had it out for six months in a drawer just waiting. But I knew she was the right one. And when it was time, she tackled me. Yes, and she tackles me into the, the, the hay. We're, we're from Ohio, so I asked her to marry me in a barn. So... All you have in Ohio are factories and farms. That's what you have. So pretty much, right? So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so fasting. Now, here's the thing about fasting. Every year, as part of our first fruits of the year, we always fast here at Momentum Church. We do a three-week fast. It always starts after that second Sunday. So next Sunday, on Monday the 10th, we will start fasting, and we'll fast to the 30th. The evening, Sunday night, the 30th, we will have a break fast with breakfast here. We have breakfast as a church family together, and we break the fast. And so that's going to happen during that three weeks. So just prepare your hearts now this week. Be begin asking, what should I fast? You know, in our culture today, a lot of times people will say, well, I'm fasting social media. Do that. That's good. You know, nothing wrong with that. I'm fasting TV. I'm fasting this. I'm fasting that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But biblically, a fast is always tied to food. So we want to be biblical. You can add the other things if you want. But biblically, do something with food, the whole body. It may be that it's just coffee you don't drink. It may be that you take lunch every day and you fast lunch. It may be you don't eat anything for the whole 21 days. That's between you and Jesus. It's not a competition. Amen. Don't fast water. I will tell you that, okay? <laughs> Drink water. But, um, but de definitely, you know, take time to fast together as we do this. Um, let's go down here. The, there's two more here. Um, the, another one is healing. People are going through sickness. You don't have to suffer alone. In James 5.14, it says, if there's any sick amongst you, have them call upon the elders of the church and let them lay hands on you and pray. So the laying on of hands is a responsibility we have when people are sick. All right? Here's another one, and this might surprise you. When it comes to sickness, do you realize your generosity to the impoverished is something the Bible shows is a foundational block that you can be responsible for that can lead to your healing? Did you know that? That's kind of wild, isn't it? Psalms 41, 1 through 3. Blessed is he who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in times of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive, and he will be blessed on the earth. You will not deliver him to the will of his enemies. Watch this, verse 3. The Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness. You will sustain him on his sick bed. I can't believe those poor people. I can't believe it. They should get a job. They should this. They should that. 
I get that. I understand. There's some mentality like that. But not everybody's struggling in poverty because of laziness. Amen? And the Bible says here, when we're mindful of the impoverished, it sets us up for healing. That blows my mind. Well, and if you're like, but pastor, I don't believe that. You mean you're going to, you give so you can, to poor people so you can be healed? I'm not saying that, okay? I'm just saying this is the scripture. We just read it. There's a responsibility that we can move in when we feel like healing is being blocked. And one of those responsibilities is being generous to the poor. Again, talking about finances. We've talked a little bit about that this morning. Financial and material blessing. When things feel to be like they're being blocked. Ask yourself, am I generous? Am I tithing? And do I have a cheerful heart to give? Malachi 3.10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. That's a passage of scripture referring to giving. 1 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8, another foundational stone regarding giving and financial and material blessing. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always have all sufficiency in all things and may have abundance for every good work. Is that good? But that's another area that we've got to get up. We've got to show up. You know, we've got to level up. It's another one of those things we can take responsibility in. How about this? Receiving from the Lord. One of, one of the responsibility things we can do when it comes to wanting to receive from the Lord is profession. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you'll receive salvation, right? That's a profession. Mark eleven twenty three 23 says, Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes in that, what he says will come to pass. It will be done for him. So every morning you're waking up and you're living your life, guard your profession. Guard it. I'm not talking about just the power of positive thinking. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, though, keeping your heart in a place that you can build upon it. A discouraged heart, it's hard to build upon. A heart that's depressed, it's hard to build upon. A heart that is negative, it's hard to build upon. And so we speak those things that are not as though they are. We speak those things from the things of the Lord, the promises of God. That's why it's important to know the word. And we begin to speak with profession as we walk with responsibility to receive what the Lord has. And then we begin to see what the Lord has, receive what the Lord has. How about praise and worship? You want to walk in God's strength mentally? It's tied to praise and worship. It says in Isaiah 61.3, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Man, my heaviness, Amy's heaviness this spring was so overwhelming at times. That garment, that, 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 that spirit of heaviness. And man, I would grab my guitar and, and sit with my guitar and I would start to sing unto the Lord. And I always sing all the old stuff because that's the stuff I know um, by heart on the guitar. <coughs> and man, next thing you know, the presence of the Holy Spirit would just set. Tears just start to flow. Not that tears matter. But Amy would see me. She's like, you okay over there? Yeah, I'm okay. And I'd be refreshed by the presence of the Holy Spirit. <coughs> As that garment of praise would be put on, that spirit of heaviness would be taken off. Now, this isn't biblical, 
okay? I'm just going to give you a picture that I see in my head. You're going through stuff, and the spirit of heaviness is on you like a black cloak. And the enemy of your heart is like, I don't know right where you are. Because I've put that heaviness on you, and I'm going to continue to bring heaviness towards you, towards you, towards you. But the next thing you know, you trip him up. And you say, you know what? I ain't wearing this cloak no more. I'm putting on the spirit of, uh, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And you put upon yourself the garment of praise, and you begin to worship the Lord. And I, it's almost like I could see the enemy over here going, where did he go? Where's he at? I want to dump more on him, but where is he? He's cloaked. In the garment of praise. That's not biblical. <laughs> That's the picture I have in my head. I'm trading one garment for another. I'm becoming sticky for God's blessings rather than sticky for the heaviness that the enemy wants to put on me. Amen? And that's a responsibility type thing. And so that's praise and that's worship. Prayer, and this is the last one. Prayer brings forth fellowship with God, knowing the will of God, and walking in strength from God. Man, I want to feel God's presence. Well, pray. I want to know his will. Pray. I want to be able to feel strength. Pray. The Bible says that we ought to pray as not to, 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 to faint not. One preacher I know, he'll say, if you're praying, you ain't fainting. And if you're fainting, you ain't praying. Pray. That's the, the responsibility we have to build. It's so important, 1 Thessalonians tells us to pray without ceasing. We stay in that continual communion with the Lord. Philippians 4, 6, you know the word, be anxious for nothing, but with all prayer and supplication, make your request be made known to God, and the peace that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. But I don't even know what to pray. Jude 20 covers that. Build yourself up praying in the Holy Spirit. I don't even know what to pray. Well, pray in tongues. I don't know how to pray in tongues. Ask God to give you that gift. And then pray in tongues. Amen? So, I am going to close. All I'm saying is God is wanting to build something great in our lives and to be a blessing to us that will reveal his glory to us and give us what he desires for us to walk in. And he'll do it, but he needs us to take our responsibility to get up, to show up and to level up every day. It is in you. And I'm confident the Holy Spirit's in you. And I'm confident with your mind, your decision to follow him. It is in you to make a new beginning. Don't leave here today making resolutions. No, no, no. No resolutions this year. Just resolve. That's it. No resolutions. Just resolve. What do you mean, pastor? Resolve means to decide firmly on a course of action. Just have a resolve. And you know what's wild is? It's the small little foundational stones that build into a temple. It's the small choices plus consistency plus time that equals change. Seventy years it took to build that temple. But that temple stood for another almost 600 years. Seventy years. Small choices, consistency over time will bring about the change. <clears throat> it, it, let, me, let me find a couple people here. Um, Macy and Jonathan, I'll use you guys. So, and then we'll, we'll close with this. I just want to give you a picture of the small things that are so important. <clears throat> Macy, if I was to tell you, I'm going to give you a penny today, and it will double tomorrow, and then it will double again for 31 days. You can have that money, or I can give you $3 million right now. $3 million right now. You know, off the top of your head, which one would you be like, eh? Yeah, that's what most people would be like, 3 million. So since you're taking the 3 million, 
Jonathan, I love you so much, I'm giving you a penny, okay? So here's your penny, right? There you go, good. So Jonathan gets a penny, Macy gets $3 million. But tomorrow, Jonathan has two pennies. And the next day, four. And the next day, eight, and so on. Here's what's wild. At day 10, guess how much money you have, Jonathan? $5.12. So at day 10, Jonathan's looking at this going, ooh, maybe I should have taken the $3 million, you know? Macy, she's bought a house and a car and, 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 and a dad a boat, you know, and done some stuff with the money. But still, he's got $5.12, and she's got $3 million minus the stuff she's bought. At day 20, with only 11 days left on the calendar, Jonathan, you're sitting on $5,243. That's a whole lot shy of $3 million, you know. But here's what's wild. On day 31... She has a $3 million minus what she spent. Guess what Jonathan has? He has over three times $3 million. He has $10,737,418.24. That's crazy. Three times. Obviously, it's the power of compounded um, effect. But, but all I'm trying to get at is just remind yourself, those little small choices, consistent, every day over time, brings about change. And so tomorrow when you wake up and you're like, I want something to be different in my life. Don't look at the big temple yet. Just look at the dirt and say, you know what? I've been around this city for over a year now. It is time to make a beginning. It's time. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, I ask that you would help us in 2022 to make new beginnings, not to uh, sidestep our responsibility, not to think it's all on us because your power, your presence, you are the king that resources. But Lord God, it is our hands that you put your resources into. It's our feet, our eyes, it's our actions, it's what we do that you take your resources and you pour them into us to build that future that you have for us, that you promise us. And it's all for your glory, it's all for your honor. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Give God some praise. for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.